Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Okay, well, last time on the podcast, Constable Pike had to release April and Finn because there was no proof that they had killed Animesh and Kieran's cockroach. But it was revealed while they were at the police station that there'd been a spate of cockroach killings. Six racing cockroaches had died just that week. So it's all very mysterious. So let's start the next chapter. Chapter 16. At home. Here we go. Dad was not in the garden, and he was not hiding from imaginary assassins. When Constable Pike had tried calling him, Dad did not answer the phone because he was busy. The electronic bug detector he had ordered on the internet had arrived in the post, and he was putting it to use. Dad was on his hands and knees under the desk in his office, running the detector along the wall. It lit up like a department store on Christmas Eve. There was definitely an electromagnetic signal coming from the spot that corresponded with the drill hole on the outside of the house. There was only one way to figure out what it was. Dad picked up the chainsaw he had also ordered on the internet and pulled the starter cord. The chainsaw screamed to life. Dad stepped forward and started to hack a hole in the drywall. Thirty seconds later, he was holding a tiny electronic device in his hand. It was the size of a medicine capsule, but the scanner clearly showed it was emitting a CDMA signal, the type the military used to send information. Dad dabbed his forehead with his handkerchief. He didn't know what to do. Someone was listening to him, here in his own home. He'd been found. Dad got to his feet and set the scanner on the bookcase. He should call Professor Maynard, but he had no contact details for her. Just then, the scanner's LED light display lit up again. Dad picked the scanner up and ran it along the bookshelf. All the bars flashed. There was an electromagnetic device there as well. Dad tried the window frame. The scanner lit up again. Then the door. Another device. He kept searching methodically, making his way through the whole house. By the time he'd finished with the scanner and the chainsaw, there was a pile of 136 tiny electronic emitters sitting in a bowl on his kitchen table. They were all different sizes and shapes. Some were tiny capsule devices. Others were larger boxes with pinhole cameras. Dad sat on a stool trembling. He didn't know what to do. He was overwhelmed with a feeling of terrible dread. He had to do something, but what? And how could he do something when he couldn't stop shaking? Eventually, Dad dug deep and found the courage to stand up. He picked up the bowl full of electronic bugs and tipped them into the blender. After three minutes on the pulse setting, there were no more electronic signals being emitted. All three pesky kids were dejected as they trudged up their driveway that afternoon. 
The second day of school had gone even worse than the first. Word had soon spread about the debacle at the Good Times Cafe. No one had spoken to April or Finn all day. Joe, on the other hand, had the opposite problem. Now that he had the reputation of a lawn bowls master, girls had been following him around, staring at him with moony eyes and giggling. What did you do? April asked Joe. Huh? said Joe. At lunchtime, I was cornered by a group of year 10 girls demanding to know where you were, explained April. Did you tell one of them they were fat? asked Finn. Girls hate that. Everyone hates that, said April. Sumo wrestlers don't, said Finn. Okay, everyone except sumo wrestlers, said April. And I haven't noticed any female sumo wrestlers enrolled at Currawong High School. Maybe they don't go out much because they're sensitive to the sun, said Finn. So you're saying there's a pasty pale female sumo wrestler hidden somewhere in the school and Joe has gone out of his way to insult her, asked April. Well, we all know Joe isn't very good at making conversation, said Finn. Shut up, said Joe. Point proven, said Finn. Joe shoved Finn. He didn't push him hard, but Finn was in the middle of taking a step, so it was enough to make him overbalance into a gravelia bush. Hey, said Finn. He told you to shut up, smirked April. Finn scrambled after them. Oh, thank goodness you're here, cried Dad, bursting out of the front door. He looked frazzled. His hair was uncombed, which was actually pretty standard for Dad, but his jumper was inside out and he was wearing mismatched shoes, so he looked even more stressed than usual. Pumpkin barked excitedly and rushed forward. He loved biting Dad. What's the problem, asked April. Have you been attacked by a pasty female sumo wrestler too? The Japanese are after us as well, exclaimed Dad. All the more reason to make haste. Quick, children, grab your bags. We're going. Dad ducked back into the house and returned a second later with four suitcases. He threw one each to the children. Going where, asked Joe. I'm not going to tell you, said Dad, as he tried to wrestle Pumpkin away from his trouser cuff. If you don't know, they can't torture it out of you. Come on. Dad picked up his own bag and started hurrying around the side of the house. The children looked at each other. What's got into him? asked Finn. Who knows, said April. Too much exposure to cockroach spray, probably. Well, we better follow him, said Joe, walking off in the direction Dad had disappeared. As they turned round the side of the house, they could see Dad at the far end of the garden, making his way towards the big garden shed. Oh, he's not going to make us do gardening, is he? asked Finn. I didn't sign up for that. As they drew nearer, they could hear Dad rattling about on the other side of the shed's big double doors. What's he doing? asked April. Just then the bolt lock slid open and both doors swung out, revealing a state-of-the-art helicopter. Wow, said Joe. Hop in, said Dad. Wait a second, said April. Do you even know how to fly this? Of course, said Dad. I'm a graduate from a top Samoan online flying academy. Online, said Finn. But have you flown an actual helicopter before? I've flown hundreds of hours on the simulator, said Dad. I know what I'm doing. He kicked out the chocks from in front of the wheels. But where did you get it? asked Joe. He didn't know much about helicopters, but he imagined they must be very expensive. Oh, I built it, said Dad. You can get kits online. It's just an internal combustion engine attached to a rotor and an anti-torque rotor. It wasn't hard. But where are we going? asked April. Dad looked about nervously. I can't tell you, he said. The walls have ears. This is ridiculous, said April, turning on her heel and heading back towards the house. 
I'm going to get a snack. Come back, cried Dad. Our lives are in danger. Too right, April called over her shoulder. We're doomed if we get in that death trap with you. Sorry, Dad, said Finn, slapping his father on the shoulder. I'm sure when I get to know you better, I'll love you like, well, like a father. But even then, I'm not getting in that thing with you. Finn followed April back to the house, leaving only Joe with Dad. But we're in terrible danger here, said Dad, pleading with Joe. He leaned forward and whispered, I found bugs in the house. Joe didn't know how to respond. Hundreds of them, whispered Dad, checking over his shoulder in case one of the bushes was listening in. But I thought you had the house sprayed for that, said Joe. Now Dad was confused. No, the other type of bugs, he said, realising what Joe meant. The listening ones. All right, said Joe, thinking his dad was balmy but not liking to say so to his face. I'm sure you're right, but this helicopter thing is just too crazy. I think we'd rather take our chances with the bugs, the crawly ones and the listening ones. Sorry. Joe started walking back to the house too. Dad hesitated. Every fibre of his body was screaming at him to jump in the helicopter and get out of there. But deep down in his soul, another voice was talking to him too. A voice telling him that he must not abandon his kids. Dad started to shake. He was so frightened. But he couldn't do it. He couldn't leave his children. True, he'd only just met them, and he didn't particularly like them yet. But they looked like their mother, and he had loved their mother dearly. So now he felt something he had never felt before, the instinct to protect. It was the same way he felt when he saw newly hatched ducklings. He felt teary and emotional. Dad slumped. He was going to have to be brave. He hated being brave. He swung the doors shut and rebolted the shed, then headed back across the garden. Perhaps one of the children would make him a snack too. The end. That's it for now. Until next week. Goodbye.